Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Peacock. I love it! It's streaming your favorite shows, movies, live sports, breaking news, exclusive originals. It's The Office. That's what she said. Chrisley knows best. It's going to be Todd's Way or the Highway. And Peacock original shows like Punky Brewster. Holy mackinole. So whether you're in the mood for every live WWE pay-per-view or every episode of Law & Order SVU, Peacock's got you covered. Peacock. Watch for free. Upgrade for more. Stream now at PeacockTV.com. Welcome, 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 welcome to another depressing episode of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. I am here with Matt. Hi, Pete. How's it going? Terrible. Yeah. What a shitter. I'm here with Curtis. Hi. How are you feeling? We sat next to each other. We know. I know. Yeah, we sat next to each other. It's not been a. It's not been a good morning. We got up at six a.m. for this dross. Yeah. What I'm a terrible day. I'm exhausted. Yeah. So we got a lot. <laughs> yeah, we got we got we got a lot to crack through today. Um, it was very difficult to work out um, how to sift through the utter shit that we've seen um, because there's so many different uh, ways that you can ping off and different directions that you can take. But I think we've got some form of structure. We didn't really drink this morning. Curtis had two Proseccos actually. Who's, which, who's judging? Who's yeah, judging? Um, no, no, one, no one is judging. That was a, a sophisticated way to start the morning. Somebody has to be classy. Yeah. So we're going to go through uh, the, the roller coaster of emotions. We're going to start today by talking about how we were feeling pregame because maybe there was a little bit of false hope going off so we'll talk about that we're going to play a hilarious Obama Yang song that might lift the spirits before we get into the the guts (laughs) of the day we're going to talk about team selection we're going to talk about Arsene Wenger's strategy we're going to talk about who was in who was out we're going to talk about what happened in the second half what happened with our attack and then we're going to talk about the crux of the matter and that's Arsene Wenger and what can we possibly do to shift that man on how are you feeling you ready 
We're ready. Ready. Okay, cool. Let's talk about the pre uh, the pre feelings. <laughs> yeah, pre game feelings. Well, we were saying uh, over the last few North London derbies, we've been going into them with some trepidation. Remember that last one? It seems like a long time ago. That that famous two 0 home win, where we were all fearing the worst. Mm-hmm. And this was a bit of a role reversal. We've had the feel good effect of the transfer window, and we were all talking about the damage that. Mkhitaryan and Obama Yang were going to route on Tottenham with that big pitch on our home ground. Yeah. Jonathan Wilson said before the game, I'm sure he says something like, it's a, a, a Vengarian attempt at fixing an Arsenal squad with a terrible midfield and a terrible defence is to add more attacking players to it. And a Vengarian response from Arsenal fans is to think that that could genuinely push you forward. Uh, to to glory. How were you feeling before the game, Curtis? <laughs> well, well, Matt and I met for a. We, we met to get a cup of coffee when we were on our way out, and uh, I had this like this grand feeling. We were we were in there, and and Whitney Houston came, <laughs> Whitney Houston came on. Uh, she didn't on come in. She didn't come in. <laughs> that really uh, would have been a moment. Yeah, Whitney Houston showed up, and she said, "Guys, I'm pretty sure uh, <laughs> you're going to win today." Uh, but no, uh, I want to dance. with somebody came on, and I said, "You know what? I, I'm feeling good." feeling good about this um but yeah i felt i felt that same i I wasn't worried about it yeah big signings we were all convinced that obama yang was going to be the player that was (laughs) going to stretch spurs on the wembley pitch mikatarin dropping three assists in the last game we were hoping for ramsey (laughs) and then the lineup arrived and there were some mixed feelings we had no aaron ramsey uh, out with the groin injury again Love the guy, but... You don't love him, though, do you? You don't love him him at all. No, I don't. I think he should be moved on in the summer. But turned up... uh, I didn't turn up because he had a groin injury missing for an important game. Turned up last week, though. He did, he did, yeah. But uh, turning up against Everton is no achievement, in my opinion. Um, (laughs) So we had to go for a midfield of Elneny, Wilshire, and Jacker. Not a lot of pace there. (laughs) But as somebody pointed out before the game, a a, a balanced team. Yeah. Balanced in the in the direction of of solidity. Balanced, yeah, in the yeah in the in the direction of conservatism. Yeah, I think a, f- yeah. a, a functional, pragmatic starting eleven. Yeah, so and, it wasn't all bad. You and we weren't going to we were... argue with that. We would we were we were happy to take that. Yep. Mainly because I don't know what other options there would be. Yeah. Did you expect Iwobi to be dropped to the bench? I thought he was going to play. Yeah, mm. especially because he's been offering quite a lot defensively. Over the last few months, yeah, no, yeah. 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 I mean, he's been useless for about a year, and then it feels like he's picked up over the last three or four weeks. Yeah, so uh, it, it makes total sense that having picked up after a year of playing crap, that we'd drop him. And um, Matt, <laughs> you made the point that when you saw uh, that Spurs, the Spurs midfield, you knew we were in for a tough day. What did you think of the Spurs lineup? Yeah, we were on the way over, and we saw. Eric Deer yeah. and uh, and Dembele in midfield, and you're like, okay, they are just going to try and wrestle control of that middle of the park and just be prepared for trench warfare, basically. And they did, and and they did, <laughs> yeah, they, they they dominated the central midfield area, I think. Yeah, Curtis, what did you think were the, the Spurs lineup in particular? Well, I mean, I I think I've uh, you know we've had this conversation before coming here, but like. I think that they were they were perfectly set up for today uh, with with it, without without a doubt with that midfield because it felt like their their selection was perfect every single time 
that the ball moved to the midfield, they were in the right spots every second. Like it seemed like they were just so structured today. And fair play to them, I guess. Okay, so moving on to the game. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Game. game <laughs> yeah. Game. Game strategy. <clears throat> yeah. Um, did you think Arsene got it right? First half. Let's talk. It's a game of two halves. Yeah. I, what do you think? It, you know, interestingly enough, uh, <laughs> I, I gave us the. I gave us more. Uh, I gave us less credit than you gave us. Uh, though after I'd posted on Facebook, everyone was like, y- you really think uh, that we had that much control of it? Um, I, I said that, you know, Spurs dominated for, for 60 minutes. And, and what I do think is that that first, I'd say, 30 minutes for us, I felt like we really looked good. We, we, were, we, were, we were trying to create things. We were moving forward. And I think that we, I wouldn't say that we were controlling the midfield, but we definitely had, we def- it seemed like we had something creative that was happening and it was, and it was trying, to, trying to click. Um, we were, I felt like, uh, you know, you guys talked about the, the strategy when we were sat earlier, but, uh, and I'll let you talk about that. But I think that we did really look good. You know, there's always going to be that question about the, uh, the offside call. I don't, I don't think that it was uh, in, in regards of uh, Bemiang, but, uh, um, but we looked great up until that point and a few minutes after that. And then, you know, I think that, yeah, the strategy was clearly not there for the rest of the game. Yeah. Matt, did you think that the strategy was on point or do you think that we just did a better job in the first half of absorbing the Spurs pressure? Well, I think you have to look at the overall trends in away games for us. So one, the overall trend for away games is we're fucking terrible away. <laughs> yeah, uh, atrocious this season. And oh, sorry, a I lo- left. And a lot of the time we turn up and immediately are just waiting to be beaten. So there's that sort of trend with away games. There's also the other trend with uh, away games against significant rivals where we frequently ship about four goals inside 20 minutes mm. and, yeah. and completely capitulate. So basically anything in this game where we look quite up for it, like we could get something out of the game and like we weren't going to lose 4-0, you know, relied on us being solid at the beginning of the game and getting into tackles and having shape. And we had all of those things. And one of the criticisms I've often leveled at the team is that we never just come to an away game sit for 20, absorb some pressure, quieten down the away fans and then start slowly taking control of the game. And that's exactly what we did today in that Spurs had quite an interesting first few minutes. We weathered it. We started passing the ball around better. We looked like with some better passing in the final third, we could have hit them on the counter. And then we had that very narrow offside decision, rightly or wrongly. And you thought, we're set up really well for this. There's no inferiority complex. We're looking solid. Um, we're, they're going to get a chance up front with the likes of Obama Yang yeah. and Mkhitaryan. And that was before we realised that Mkhitaryan was going to have one of the worst games <laughs> in living memory. Terrible. Uh, so it was all looking good, sort of 30 minutes in. And then, uh, and even the first half, going in at half time, I was like, okay, big second half. Let's see what we got. It was great to see Wenger take a, a, a pragmatic view of the game, contain and, and hit them on the break. Mm-hmm. And... They had chances, Spurs had chances in, in the opening half an hour, but Mustafi was looking like a, a, a positive Mustafi. I think you yeah. mentioned that when Mustafi doesn't have time to really think about what's going on, he can be uh, a, a very effective defender. Mm-hmm. And he, he was a key part of weathering that early storm. He likes being busy, doesn't he, Mustafi? Yeah. He's not better when there's like three or four critical moments in a game. He'll, he'll, he'll mess one of those up. But when he's just busy all the time, he doesn't have time to think. Then, uh, yeah. then he's then he's then he's he's not bad. 
Yeah, it's like it's like the second he gets, he, he tries to be analytical, and yeah, it's just like just keep him natural. Yeah. And as long as he's just natural and reactive, I think that's when he's actually good. And I thought Jack Wilshire grew uh, with the game, didn't he? He started to craft some openings. He started getting into the mix. He started feeling the North London derby again. But- he was definitely feeling the North London derby. That hands down, he he might have been <laughs> like you could have maybe called him Mister Arsenal today because like he just wanted to he wanted to fight. He did want to fight. He did want to fight. <laughs> and I tell you, somebody else who was up for the fight today who hasn't been of late, Pet Check had a great first. Absolutely. Half. He looked like uh, he looked, he looked a goalkeeper. He, he, his first instinct wasn't to, to hoof it. He made some good passes yeah. out of the back. Mm-hmm. And we went in at half time thinking job complete. And I think what gave Not us complete, what, I think, half complete. I think what gave us <laughs> that half, right? what Not gave complete. us hope is that we looked pretty comfortable. We could see how we might get some chances, and mm-hmm. we. All, but it was also based on the thoughts that our front three couldn't be any worse in the second half than they were <laughs> in the first half. Because in the first half, they really weren't very good. Mkhitaryan was awful. Yeah. Was he? I, I think that there was um, there was an early break. Yeah, he had that when, one good opportunity that looked like it might have been a beautiful cross. And yeah. It, it went and, nowhere. And I, I thought the, the Arsenal uh, hitting Spurs on the break when uh, there was that early move, and Mkhitaryan and Obama Yang mm-hmm. both broke free, like yep. two strikers running up the pitch, and it didn't quite pay off. But we didn't really see much of that no. uh, after. I, I, I kind of felt Obama Yang didn't offer didn't offer as much hustle up front mm. as a Lacazette yeah. would normally. Like, yeah. think what you will of Lacazette, he works hard and he does try and press. There yeah. was absolutely, and I think one of the biggest things about defending, it's one of those uh, cliches, is that you have to defend from the front. Absolutely, yeah. And no one in our front three mm. was even slightly interested in yeah. pressing the ball, defending from the front, putting people under pressure. Uh, and if you do that, you're not going to win big games. Agree. So we we were pleased, relatively pleased with the first half because yeah. we'd come out unscathed. Yeah. Uh, so we were hoping no, no. That a, a bit of Wenger hair dry treatment in the dressing room <laughs> well, I or think, a real inspirational speech. And I think the other thing to note is that, um, and I hadn't really noticed that till after the game, which is we didn't need to win today because we've got so many, all our games for the rest of the season, apart from Manchester United away, are basically... Very, very, very winnable. So just a draw today yeah. is would have been fine. And at half time, looking comfortable, nil nil, job half done. Job half done. Yeah. So the Spurs players came out motivated for the second half. Arsenal players came out looking like they'd been told something really horrific <laughs> at half time, <laughs> slightly shell shocked. And that man, Harry Kane stepped up after uh, a calam- calamitous build-up mm. to the goal, really. Like once again, rather than but, calamitous. But, but, but this is what we're talking about. Like, Jacker um, and Bellerin out on the right. Nobody closes down. Yeah. Trippier. Well, I mean, Be- I think there's a couple of things. One is Bellerin looked like he had a bit of a shocker today, but it was mainly because he was left completely on his own on the right-hand side yeah. all game. Yeah, it's, uh, exposed. It was, it, it was, he it looked was, like the only player who really turned up for the fight, yeah. in my opinion. And it was 2v1 all game. And I don't think that he was responsible for coming out, but Jacker uh, once again, never really knows what the fuck he's supposed to be doing on the pitch. Yeah. He can't defend. He's poor at moving the ball forward, but his biggest weakness is that he is always 
part of the mix of a terrible mistake yeah. for Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, ball goes in. Koscielny is nowhere. Mustafi is nowhere. Yeah, I would, I would say that Mustafi was nowhere to be seen in that, uh, in, yeah. in that hurricane goal as well. So. And uh, Harry Kane buried his header. Then you, the, then we, we come back to this exact same problem that we were talking about a couple of weeks. Arsenal can do one thing or the other. We are either set up to attack or we are set up to defend. But when we have to switch up our strategy mm. in-game, the, the team are incapable. So we couldn't switch up and put Spurs on the back foot. It's something that Lee Dixon was saying in the commentary over and over again, which is there's no need to panic. Yeah. You're, one, you're, you're in this game. Yeah. And it suddenly felt like we didn't know. We had no in-game management of 1-0 down. There was no one going, listen, let's just calm down. Let's not concede another. Let's regroup. And, and we will get a chance and we will finish it. And yeah. it, a great point that you made during the game, Matt, was Lee Dixon was the best player for Arsenal <laughs> yeah. because he was the only one showing any leadership and he yeah. was an NBC commentator. Yeah. Uh, the and, voice and, of reason, wasn't he? Oh, but it, it does show you once again, how, how do we have so much talent in that squad and no one puts their foot on the game? No one stands up and says, like, let's calm down. Let's not worry too much about this. But also... Let, 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 we we can't play the containment strategy now because we've got a, like we've got to work out a, a, yeah. another plan of attack. Like how can those players not switch it on? Because we had nothing. Uh, as, as somebody said in one of the group chats, that was a one nil hammering. Yeah, we took an no, absolutely. absolute hammering. We were lucky not to come out of that four or five down well, you, uh, with some of the chances Spurs had. Call me crazy, but even more than our defense, like we could not hold anything the second we went into that midfield, and it was just uh, to me that was just if that was the strategy, it was diabolical <laughs> so then you're thinking what have we got to come off the bench not a lot <laughs> not a lot so uh i, I mean I, I guess when you look at it on paper it would be a uh, young player doing great stuff for nigeria welbeck uh, uh, physical pacey striker mm. who can occasionally score a goal and uh one of our most expensive signings of all time you think that that's a good group to bring off the bench mm. but uh, wasn't wasn't really the right mix of players though it has to be said Lacazette had uh, had some game-changing opportunities, right? He did more in his 25 minutes on the pitch than Obama Yang did uh, yeah. in in the whole game, yep. if yeah. we're honest. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, well, let's start with Iwobi because Iwobi was terrible when he came on. He was yeah. atrocious, yeah. absolutely atrocious. All of the good work that he's done over the last couple of but, months. But undone. I mean, I do think it's hard. The North London Derby is not an easy game to come into as a substitute. I think it's so frenetic. It's so crazy. It does take a bit of... And I think he was just completely overwhelmed by the pace of it. Whereas Lacazette had a completely different experience in that he had two chances. We could have won the game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That absolutely. back that back post that that back post cross yeah. that he skied yeah. is exactly the sort of back post cross that you've been watching him banging for Leon. Yeah. For the last three or four seasons. And, and I, I I do think that's what's frustrating is that like. I'm not going to lie. I, I feel like I, I'm starting to kind of come around to to your your side of the the pitch with uh, with with your impression of, of Lacazette. But you see that it's it's not for his lack of ability. I mean, the the way that he the way that he got on that, the way that he fought for that, and the way that he sent it. You could say, oh well, if it was just a little bit, you know, a l- little bit different direction. He would have he would have nailed it, and it would have been for him career changing. Or as you put uh, in in your Twitter at some point. Uh, is is a is a mistake like that career well, ending? You, I know that it's over the top, but we put the put the question out there earlier. Like th- those two misses feel like career enders. Well, he's yeah. now missed. 
he's now missed. So he missed a very easy chance against Chelsea away. Yeah. He's now missed a very presentable chance against Spurs away. Yeah. Two we, presentable chances. Yeah. We we bought him to be scoring in these goals and he's not Absolutely, scoring yeah. in, in his games. Scored one in 12. And, and Wenger, and I don't agree with this, but Wenger will be saying, what more can I do? You know, in the sense of, you've just got to, you don't get many chances in big games. And when you get them, you have to take them. To, yeah. And I thought I was buying one of the best strikers in France. And now he's looks like a, mm. it's a Stoke player. Well, there's an interesting comment uh, uh, attributed to Lacazette from the summer. And he said something along the lines of uh, when, when the team's not doing well, I'll take the chances that Arsenal mm. haven't been taken and I'll make the difference. And he certainly didn't make the difference today. Cause you're thinking for the, for the first one, okay, trying to smash a volley into yeah. the top corner with your first chance is tough. Mm-hmm. But the the second one, once he was in that chance, and, he, and you know he used his body well, he got in front of the defender. Yeah, uh, would it, would Thierry have shot, or would he have dragged that across yeah, goal? Well, it's, it's hard uh, to no, compare. We, we can't compare. <laughs> no, no, but uh, it, 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 he was signed to be. I think. Our, like, I, think a, I think. I think Obama Yang would have scored that goal. I think so as well. Yeah, but it was Obama Yang coming at the back post, right? Yeah, he was cut, sort of just cut it across. It. Perez yeah. would have cut that across. Burkamp would have cut that across. Yeah. But he tried to go for the. the I don't city think he, angle. he was looking up. I think he was just so focused yeah. on getting past the defender, and then he had a split second to. I agree, and and I think both times you, I feel like you really saw his um, his demeanor on his face after both of those goals. It wasn't like your your typical like you're just kind of like you know you, you're punching the air or something like that. He he did these things that like it was almost like he was he looked like he's like crying into his arms. It was an air of resignation. Yeah, like I I I think I think that part of this that is you know I think he knows that he has the ability to to do something great, and I think that he and I think that he does. But it's what is missing in this in this uh, equation that is not allowing him to do it, and is it just in his own head and in his own doing, or is it the fact that like he just really is not cut out to be what. uh, what he's been purchased to be. And I think what was what's interesting about Wenger and how he's talking about the player, normally Wenger will defend his men to the end. Um, Wenger's making sly subtweet. He like, seem to have liked him in the start because he was always giving him, hauling him off after 60 minutes, wasn't he? And he started to reference that Obama Yang brings pace and power that he's really lacking at the mm. moment. Talking about his finishing. You d- I, I, I can't work out where that signing's come from because uh, Lacazette was definitely... Brought in to do that. Uh, yeah, and an Arsene Wenger signing, right? Like Big, Big Law forget, wasn't making signings above his head. Let's not forget what Lacazette was like in his first five, six games. He looked yeah. sharp, you know, bullet headers, quick to move the ball out of his feet, shooting from distance. He looks like his confidence is shot. Yeah, but do, do we, to, to uh, Curtis's point that you made a little bit earlier, at least he's finding the space and he's finding the opportunities. Mm. Is it a case of... Like it was for Adebayor um, and lots of players in the past. If you find, if you can find the space, the finishing will come. Yeah, like it's it's more worrying when you're not getting the chances at all. Do we do we think it's over for Lacazette, or do we think the he's he's Wenger's going to work out a way of playing him and Aubameyang in the same system? I don't do we think, think. I don't think the game's going to mean it's over for him. But obviously, the Aubameyang signing is not good for good for him. He's brought some basically. It's like someone bringing in a boss above your head. Yeah. Uh, so. We'll have to see, but I, I sort of feel like um, we're going to need... You know, we were talking about making the comparison with Sylvain Wiltord, and it may be that Lacazette has to go and be happy with a position on the right or left of a front three or as a 
front two along with Obama Yang or yeah. But he, he's he's definitely not the main man anymore. No, he's not. But but and but you know you think about the way he plays, and I couldn't I. For for all of his mistakes that he's having right now, playing as a, a central you know central figure, I could not imagine him on a wing because like to me it's just like, what's he really going to do? Like I, the the thing that he, the one thing he is good at is finding that space in the middle and 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 kind of finding way into it. It's just he cannot close it. So I think he would be absolutely worthless on the wing. <laughs> I've got I've got a question for you, which is I've never actually I hadn't really contemplated this before, but. Obviously, Danny Welbeck came on. Have we made a mistake by getting rid of Giroud and keeping Danny Welbeck? Mm. Well, I don't think anybody wanted to buy Danny Welbeck. There's got to be a market for a yeah. player, right? Who's going to be, I'm going to buy this player who gets injured all the time, never scores goals. Uh, if it were up to me, I would have definitely, definitely kept Giroud over, over uh Nice Welbeck. guy, Danny. Just, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Got such a nice smile. You'd love your sister yeah. to marry him, but no, he's not. He, and, well, let's, let's, let's move on yeah, yeah. to the next section because we're, we're biting into it. Arsenal toothless in attack again. The, we, we've got some extremely creative players in our team. We've just signed Özil down to a three hundred and fifty thousand pound a week contract, made him one of the highest paid players in the Premier League. We just signed Mkhitaryan, uh, who, when he was back at Dortmund, was a goal scorer mm-hmm. and a provider. Right. We signed Jacker, one of the most accomplished passers in Europe, when we signed him. But once that's again, it a bit, isn't it? that's what he was like third, third, third best passer in Europe. Something crazy yeah. like that. So once again, Arsenal utterly toothless mm. in attack. Why have we got such a service problem at Arsenal, despite having some extremely creative players? What's going on? I don't know. I think the first half, I sort of felt like we were just one completed pass away from something quite magical. There yeah. were a few moments on the counter where. It was it was very very close, and it just felt like any other tough top away game against one of the top teams in the league. Um, but the second half, you know, we 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 we, we lacked any structure, or uh, yeah, I don't I don't really know what happened. Okay, I, it's, we sort of lost, but I think it's all, it's probably down to uh, this idea that we actually have got a talented group of uh, players in the squad. It's just we don't have a system to bring out the best of them. Yeah, like you sort of knew with Mkhitaryan, Özil, Obama Yang up up top. You sort of know that you're missing something, and I know that sounds ridiculous because they're all big names. But I did feel that having an Iwobi could have made a difference in terms of knitting constituent parts of the team together because it felt like we were three distinctive uh, pieces of team that weren't really knotted together in any way. Mm. We, you know, we had these three guys sort of at the top. We had our midfield and then we had our defence and they weren't really working symbiotically, you know? Curtis, do you think that it's a, it's a structure problem? Like yeah. lots of talent piled up, I would, nobody there to... I would, al- I would almost have to say definitely. Yeah. Um, <laughs> can you say almost definitely? No, you can't. Uh, but I would say it's highly likely because... You know, I mean, we've we've seen other teams as well. You, you've seen you've seen the Manchester Cities. You've seen the I'm just going to say Manchester City for for a long time. Absolutely stocked full of you know elite top class players that in some cases just couldn't couldn't pull it together. And until 
you know, a season or two with Pep Guardiola, you, you're seeing that. And I, I think that it is interesting that when you look at the last few seasons now, we have had some, uh, some you know, some elite talent. And then I think that we've had some players that, that partnered with that elite talent and the right leadership, I feel like, could have really, really blossomed their careers into, into something much, you know, you know, much better, but much better performances and, and just the things that we could, that we could work, uh, w- within the squad. And, you know, you do get that bit of optimism from time to time. We do, we do these sparks of good things, but you know, like what, you know, what are the drills that they're doing? What, what is it about like these systems? Like does you know, you, you think back to the times that we used to have great bits of competition within uh, within areas of of the pitch that that actually made players work a lot harder and actually work for their place and um, you know in the starting eleven, and and maybe that's just not happening. And, and instead of that competition, it's becoming like people. Everyone's just man. You know what I mean? Like I I don't yeah, know. I, but I think that I think that it's a it's a system issue because. Wenger's success came when the Premier League was shit and he knew where to find players that were technically gifted, mm-hmm. fitter than everybody. Right. So you could just put a dump of really talented, fit players onto the pitch, uh, pair them with drilled George Graham players and they go out and they make magic happen because you had a foundation mm-hmm. at the back that could look after um, defence and then you had midfield forward that was better than everything else in the league. And I think... Wenger's trying to do the same thing again. If I put enough talent on the pitch and give them the freedom and the trust that I feel that they need, they'll just go out and make it happen. But then you look at Pochettino and there's a system, there's a philosophy, there's an approach to everything they do. Everybody knows what they're supposed to be doing on the pitch. Nobody ever looks lost. Manchester City, uh, Pep Guardiola had to have a year to get his ideas into the players' heads. And now they're flourishing. Now no, now nobody plays football like that. You look out into Europe, Sarri, Jardim, everybody has a footballing philosophy, um, an approach, and a well-oiled machine. Yeah. And we haven't had a well-oiled machine since 2004. And part yeah. of... Or, 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 or 98 and well, 2000. Yeah, I think we had one in 2008. But, you know, it fell apart for, for various reasons. But I think, you know, the point you make about putting the players together, I think Wenger did have a plan in 98 because he bought a left back from Monaco who was in centre back and made him a central midfielder and he had a philosophy which was all about having strength and power in the middle of the park even when people would probably say oh it's quite defensive having Vieira and Petit but somehow it it, it all worked um, and I think that's what that is what's missing it's a bit it reminds me a bit of do you remember England, the sort of so-called golden age where people were trying to squeeze Gerard and Lampard <laughs> in the same team for years yeah. because they're both really good players? And actually, England would have been a better team if you put one of them on the bench and you yeah. put one of them with Owen Hargreaves. You know, and, 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 and it feels like, like the same. It feels like, how are we going to win these games? What do we need to get the balance right? Because the balance today seemed like, oh, we've got a very defensive midfield three with yeah. and then we've got a very attacking front three mm. whereas maybe we just needed a bit more of a balance maybe we needed an, oh, I can't I even saying this. maybe we needed an Iwobi to stitch them together maybe yeah. we need you know and it's 
you don't feel that there that he ever thinks past the starting eleven. He doesn't think, okay, right. So we've got some scenarios here. If we keep it buttoned up till half time, here's what we're going to do on sixty minutes. Mm. Here's what we're going to do if we go one goal down. Here's what we're going to do if we go one nil up. You just feel like, okay, I'm 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 tackling this one problem that I had a week yeah. to think about. But he doesn't think about the problem past the starting eleven. And even when he was uh, back in the day, it was how can I shuffle. Uh, my pieces around versus how yeah. like, th- there's not a, a well thought out structure to well, what I, he's trying to achieve. There's and, one formation. And what do I put into it? And people would have had, would have had a field day, but I was st- saying earlier to you, I wouldn't have started Obama Yang today. It's his second game. It's yeah. a huge game against our biggest rivals away from home. What I'd be doing is I'd be starting with like a Danny Welbeck, you know, who's going to try and stretch the game. It's, he's probably not going to score, but he's going to really make the defenders work. Yeah. And then when the game is a bit stretched, people are a bit tired. The sight of Obama Young coming on on 58 or 60, and he's going to be running around, pressing you, chance to run in behind. And even if you're a goal down, you bring him on, you've got people who are going to go, I'm, I'm, I'm really worried. And it reminded me of, you know, when we bought Kanu in 2002 <laughs> or whatever, you know, we're playing Manchester United the next game away. And, uh, you know, he came on as a sub. He wasn't starting the game. He came yeah. on as a sub and he, you know, made a huge impact to help us draw that game. Mm-hmm. So you just sort of feel like, what's, what's, what's going to be your management of the game? You know it's going to be a tough game against us. Why don't we soften them up a bit and then scare the shit out of them by bringing on a lethal, lethal player? Also felt like, I hate to say this, but when Lacazette comes on, and instead of having two great strikers uh, that can ferret chances out in the box, Aubameyang gets pushed out to the right, uh, the, mm. the right side of midfield. And then you're like, well, if, if, if you have a problem because you have no pace or outlets, why did you mm-hmm. bomb on Theo? <laughs> you yeah. know, like, Theo coming on in that. So if you, if you had Theo coming off the bench, Aubameyang coming off the bench, then Spurs have got a real problem. Because yeah. it doesn't, like, I know that Theo's delivery isn't great, but the guy can score goals and the guy can stick across it. Yeah, yeah. So we, we had no pace. Uh, He's been gone a week and we're already yearning for I the know, return. And it's, not, it's not yearning for that specific, but it's like if you are going to lose Theo right, Walcott, right. then at least maybe have a thought about who can come in because losing that pace is, is and, troublesome. And I never realized it until today, the last time I was on, on the pod, uh, you were talking about how slow Lacazette is, and and goodness, he is slow. He's really slow. I mean, <laughs> he, he managed to ferret out that chance, but only because uh, there was a bit of a mix-up with uh, with the Spurs defense. Yeah, but he's 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 a ferret in the box, and that's why I wonder whether if you could work out a system yeah. where Lacazette and Aubameyang could exist together, well, that would be quite a deadly. Now, do you think it'd be two up front or one behind the other? I thought we were going to a four four two when uh, when when he when El Nenny came off. Yeah, and, and yeah. Lacazette came on, and you're like, why don't Tottenham? One of the big things, and it was one of the things that Lee Dixon was saying in the commentary was Spurs play a very high line. Yeah. So you know, having a four four two or having that speed up front. Yeah. And you noticed it. We were we slipping those balls in behind. Uh, it was the one way we were going to prosper, and we didn't do enough. Of yeah. And I think I think the 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 four three three made us just again absolutely absent in the midfield because there was. You know, we were just outnumbered every time. Okay, um, before we go on to the next section, I think we need to lift the mood a little oh, bit. Yes, I'm feeling do. tense. I'm feeling stressed. Yeah, uh, I just need some humor in my life. Matt has found arguably the greatest thing that the internet has produced in 2018. 
I, I don't know the guy's name. I'll reference it on the website, but he's basically come up with an Obama Yang chant that is elite. <laughs> Definitely. The best of the best. Top notch. Take it away. Hi, guys. Um, it's a new song for new signing Obama Yang. Um, so I hope to see you singing it on the terraces soon. <laughs> Obamiang, every now and then I get a little bit tired of finishing fourth. Obamiang, every now and then I get a little bit tired of waiting for a Wobi to score. Turn around, Obamiang, turn around and score us a goal. Cause I need you now tonight, and Venga needs you more than ever. With us along your right, you'll be scoring goals together. From now on, we'll do it just right. We're still in this fight, cause once upon a time we had Ian right. Now we're just a little bit shined. Obama Yang, playing in red and white. <sighs> This guy. Oh absolutely beautiful. That's lifted my mood. How's he'd, everybody he'd, feeling he'd now? Win pop idol or whatever the fuck it's called. Before we get into the final section of the show, I I know that um, bagging on Urzel has been a past favourite thing of mine to do. Where where was he today? He's been a complete leader all season. No, Science, he hasn't. Oh come on! He, 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 took, he took that. Four weeks off. Uh, he's been more of a leader <laughs> no, than he has been. No, he's been exactly what he always is, which is outstanding against a poor Everton team at home. Yeah, and uh, at, and 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 against a Chelsea team who, with the benefit of hindsight, are in the worst cycle of form they've been in a very long time. And uh, and he's just been Ozil. It's, uh, it's, it's, it, it's 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 the same as the Jonathan Wilson article in the Guardian, which is nothing has changed. Mm. Yeah, but he's he's absolutely taken. The Theo Walker approach, work really hard, get that contract, and then just switch the fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Same with uh, set like Koscielny. How uninterested does Koscielny look in general? Uh, once again, not doing it in a big game, needs to go in the summer. We need to have such a fucking clear out. I hope that it's as ruthless as it was, as it was in January. But that's not what part four is about. <laughs> so part four. my favorite part of the show, which is when we bag on Arsene Wenger, because... <laughs> it's over. Like it's it's been over for five years now, but it's really, really, really over now. Uh, Wenger looked white as a ghost post match. We're heading into the final year of his contract. We know what happened last year. What do we think the club is going to do? Do we think that they're going to stick and show him respect, let him have his last year, and then f- finish him off, or do you think the club is going to have to act? That's why they bought expensive players, so it makes it attractive mm. to a new coach. And the rumours about Sarri from Conte's agent, a true. Napoli Sarri hmm. said he's, he thinks that Sarri is going to go to Arsenal and he said uh, the, the best deals happen in silence. Hmm. That's exciting. That's a coach who, I think he's the only coach in Europe that comes close to Manchester City for passing combinations. Imagine Sarri's brand of football at Arsenal after seeing that utter dross today. So um, we're going to go around the room. <laughs> And Rand. we're going to talk about well, like, what's what, what can Arsenal do with Wenger? Like, how do we how do we play it for the rest of the season? What's the strategy for um, the succession planning? What do we think? Well, the rest of the season is going to be exactly like it always is because we actually had a look at the fixtures after the game, mm. uh, and we basically got. Uh, we don't know what the Europa League is going to look like and what it's going to give to us. We've got an easy game against Ostersund on paper. 
starting this week. But other than that, so our league run now, we've got one hard away game, which is Manchester United away. Mm. That's it. That's the only hard away game. We should win the other seven or whatever uh, is, is left. Yeah. Should, should. We should. We should. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we will. Yeah, because remember our record against the bottom eight over yes. the Christmas period was absolutely I, diabolical. I don't, yeah. I, don't, I don't think we will, but we'll do enough. We'll yeah. do enough. We're not going to get fourth because we're too far off that now. Or fifth. Uh, uh, but I don't think we'll be that far off. Um, and, and the main problem is that uh, all of the clubs above us, um, apart from Chelsea, look in, in fairly solid shape. Mm. And, and you need two to drop off for us to, for us to get four. Does Champions yeah. League affect it, though? They all go back into the Champions League. Arsenal probably won't play first team. Does it matter? But we'll be playing Europa. So, yeah. so we're going to be busy. But we we'll won't be, be playing first team against Osterans, will we? I think we're going to have to because yeah. it's going to be our only chance. Well, we have, we have to take that as an opportunity to, well, like, you know, yeah, going I think, full on Mourinho. I think, you think, I think just... Ostersons will be the last time we'll see uh, the reserve team. And then, and, and bear in mind, uh, after, straight after Ostersons is, uh, is the League Cup final. Cup final, yeah. So the pressure will really ratchet up if we have, uh, if, if, if we, if, when, not if, when we lose the League Cup final. Oh, uh, don't say that. Here's a really grim question for you. Would you? I can't believe I'm going to ask this. Do you want to win the Europa League? Yeah. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? If it meant another two years of us, I don't think they're connected. I, I think I don't. I, I think the the biggest indicator whether Arsene Wenger goes at the end of the summer or at the beginning of the summer or some point in the summer uh, will be down to uh, the new director of football. Yeah. And right. and Sven and how much those two and Gazidis gang up on Wenger and how hard they go to get rid of yeah. him this summer. And I think it really will come down to that. And they will also play a long game. So if they win the Europa League, then they will, I think, I think, I think you're right in that sense in that they won't go so hard. But if our season disintegrates, they don't want to waste a year of their careers. Yeah. Yeah. Being yeah. undermined by, by uh, Arsene Wenger. And I think you made a really interesting point that I hadn't really talked about, which is, if he stays for another year, next year will be even worse than this year because you're going to have all the uncertainty of players going, well, he's gone in a year, so I'm not, I'm not going to like pull up. Pull right, up yeah. And we've seen so many times this season, as soon as players think that the manager isn't committed, it's over. Yeah, like Conte, you've seen it with a lot of teams, yeah. yeah. Uh, Chelsea, I think that's what Chelsea's dealing with now. Um, Watford are refusing to pay out Marco Silva because they say that he spoke to Everton behind their back and derailed their season wow. and it, it, it he was the hot manager at the start of yeah. the season a lot of people saying maybe he should succeed Arsene Wenger <laughs> as soon as he showed the slightest interest in that Everton job players switched yeah. on yeah. and yeah. we've already seen last season last season yeah I mean not I think Wenger used uh, his contract as a little bit of cover uh, for the fact that he's just not a very good manager because we're seeing that again this season Arsene Wenger is committed and we're ha- he's having the second worst um, opening amount of games that he's ever had. Yeah. I think the, the only time it's ever been this 05, bad, uh, this yeah, at this point of the season is 0506, and that was Dennis Burkamp's last season. Yeah. Uh, just, I think I think it's going to be a really interesting couple of weeks because we're, we're, let's face it, we're going to beat Ostersons and we're probably going to lose to Manchester City. And the moment we lose to Manchester City, we're also not playing in the Premier League till March. The pressure is going to, right at the beginning of March, is going to be really, really high. Because he's basically going to be, it's all in on Europa League. Everything. And it's going to be 
every game for the Europa League yeah. is going to be super, super pressurised. And he'll be in the same position as he was in last year when it was all in on the FA Cup. And, uh, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens. The one thing that is... The only reason that he's not going to... It's hard to imagine him getting the sack is... I can't, just can't see Arsenal firing him. Yeah. No, it's yeah. going to have to be an agreement. They're going to have to find a way of shuffling him out yeah. where it doesn't look like he's been sacked. Because, I mean, he should be fired, but it's still... You don't want to see a... You, you, wanna, you, wanna you see don't want to see him take a job in China. I got offered £32 million a year. Yeah. That's where I'm going. Or PSG offered me a, a job upstairs. But just talking about uh, the Europa League mm. and the chances of success there, because that really does feel like the only opportunity for Champions League. Teams that are still left uh, in the Champions League, we've got Sporting, uh, Dortmund, mm. uh, Bilbao, uh, Nice, Marseille, Milan, Napoli, <laughs> Leipzig, Celtic don't matter, um, Villarreal, uh, Lazio, Atletico Madrid. Like, there, is, there is no chance... Actually, to be honest, uh, the English teams are doing pretty well in the Champions League this season. But I still feel when it comes down to it, it's, like not, gonna be, it's not going to be easy. Can no. Wenger out think Sarri? Can Wenger out think Hassan Hassel? Uh, can Wenger out think Inzaghi? Uh, Lazio? I, I don't know. I don't think that we've got much chance of that. But he always pulls a surprise out the bag. Yeah. Doesn't he? Yeah. There is, Wenger never dies. Yeah. He, ne- he always does just enough to convince the club that he's worth another year. But I do think it, time's running out. You can see it on his face as well. well. You, you, saw, you, don't you, you, think? you really I, saw it on his face after that, uh, after that Lacazette miss. Like, yeah. he was just like, what has just happened? I can't even because believe this. Yeah, because he's always had on his side things like, Wenger doesn't lose to Spurs. Yeah, you know, like those. I know, I know, he has done in the past. Wenger, but Wenger always, doesn't know, drop below fourth. Yeah, so or he, yeah. or he, or an FA Cup comes out of left field. Yeah, or he, he, he does this glorious failure bit where he takes the club so low, and then when he scrapes into fourth on the last day of the season at the expense of somebody else, it feels like you've just won the Champions yeah. League. Uh, but I think, I, I think the chickens are coming home to roost, and I do think it's over. And I think if the club has an ounce of uh, smartness about it this summer they would say we just spent 60 million on Lacazette uh, sorry 50 million on Lacazette we've just spent 50 million yeah we've just got 100 million pounds worth of strikers if we're not going to get the most out of them yeah we're just throwing money down the toilet like uh, by the time a new manager comes in Aubameyang will lost a half a yard of pace Lacazette will be 28, 29. Yeah. Like you've got a, so that's why I'm thinking well, that maybe think they're it, building the squad to make it good. The saving grace for Wenger also is that there's no other managers doing a really good job at the moment. In the sense of, if you look at Klopp, one nothing with Liverpool. If you look at... Pochettino won't win anything with Spurs. Pochettino won't win anything with Spurs. Mourinho, I mean, he's, he's not a man in demand. Conte, after an amazing first season, lost the dressing room, it looks like. You know, they all... That is the thing that keeps him in the job because he has mastered that idea of be careful what you wish for. Oh, you want a Pochettino? Great. Well, he won't even give you the three FA Cups that I've won. Yeah. Or you want a Mourinho? What, you think that people are interested in that dour football? You want a Klopp? Yeah, well, he made all that noise, spends all that money, but he's won nothing. Yeah. He has, has he got a single step closer? You know? And, and I think that's, <laughs> that's the really scary part. Well, but you know what? I'll, I'll be honest with you. Like That's where I slightly differ from you guys because I'm... I'm not, I'm not so gung-ho no matter what because, 
Because the truth is, is like you look at the you look at the demise of of uh, we'll call it the, d- the demise of Manchester United or something like that. Like you really just don't know where you're going to end up, and and you'd like to hope that yeah, hopefully it's better because this has been you know at this point we've not improved in so long that it 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 feels uh, it feels terrible. I think know? there's a I think, I think there's a way of doing it though, which and. I could have told you, and I think most people could have told you that Mourinho is a terrible choice of manager for Manchester United. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I think, but I think you look at the way uh, Chelsea do it, mm-hmm. and they basically just go out and get the best manager. Yeah, and and yeah, it's like that's this weird cycle. But the weird cycle still means that you look back over a decade and go, "Oh, we won the league pretty much every three years." So I, I take that. And yeah, if, as yeah. long as as long as the manager isn't allowed to bring in fifty of his coaching staff and buy all the players himself, then yeah. it's, it, the, the that's thing when Mourinho's is the stability is in the back room and uh, like the support staff, and so it means that you swap the manager out, but it's, it's still everything else stays the same. Yeah, so look, at the, look at the way then. Conte came came in and was able to turn around a terrible season so quickly. That's the that's the success of that structure. And like as Arsenal fans, we're always like anti. Oh, you know, it's it's that's just modern football now. I think, and uh, and if we were to do that model where we've got a great director of football, great recruitment, the managers come and go. Yeah, you know, I think that that probably is the right the right model to do because you just have to get them in, see if it works, if it doesn't, and and also the other thing is that footballers are assholes, and well, so and, true, and yeah. so they don't like Ferguson was that was a bygone era, and he was an he was. A, a legend of a manager but typically it's like anything you know you get stale and yeah. and and you're better off having someone who comes in scares the shit out of you makes you do things you never thought were possible wins trophies mm-hmm. all disintegrates go go again Klopp says that in his book he says in the end the players get bored of your voice and then yeah. it's time to move on yeah he, he can't imagine being at a club for longer than three or four years I think um Pep Guardiola also says the same thing. Yeah. Like if we brought in, and I know not not lightly with Sven Mislintat falling out with him, but brought in Thomas Tuchel, you would be playing incredible football within a year. You would be in the mix of things, and it, it would it would bring a whole wave of excitement to the ground. Yeah. I wouldn't mind rotating managers every two years. This this weird thing that people have got. Oh God, we don't want to be a club that changes their manager every two years. Why not? The pace of football innovation now is so fast that you're yeah. foolish not to be looking to the next man to bring you on if there's I, not success. I, I am st- coming. I, I, get, I am still like that. That uh, that 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 older older mind in the sense that I I do love seeing seeing a strategy that that rolls out over some time and when it when it happens you're just like it's amazing but i'm but like sick, three, I'm sick of two, waiting for two it three now. years right if it yeah. doesn't work after two oh, years, oh absolutely if it doesn't work yeah then yeah, that's if, it if the football is shit if there aren't any trophies yeah. and the fans are unhappy after two or three years then you move the coach on arsenal fans have arguably been unhappy for what properly unhappy at poisonous least five years yeah po- toxic in the ground four or five years yeah uh it's when does the club start club needs to start looking out for itself not Arsene Wenger and his weird ego trip that he has about Because let me ask a question, right? So if you were a uh, Spurs fan, mm. how much longer would you be prepared to be doing what they're doing? Because do you think they're improving? But they, but they have, but they have uh, they been have improving. Diff- yeah, but they have uh, different circumstances. They're, they're hampered by wage bills. They've got 120 million wage bill compared to Arsenal's like 210 
uh, million. They're moving stadium. Uh, they've got a young team. Everybody's tied down to um, long, long-term contracts. They are batting well above their average yeah. with the most exciting manager in Europe at the moment. Yeah. I think if Spurs were giving uh, Pochettino 100 million a season and he was still just finishing second or third yeah. and not competing elsewhere, then you'd have re- room to say maybe we should move him on. Yeah. I don't think... Like Arsene Wenger hasn't moved the needle in ten years. Yeah, like and it's it's and just it. consistent. We, we definitely so, have not improved. Yeah, so you either say I'm satisfied with third or fourth, or you say the point of football is to win trophies. And if you are not in the mix to really win trophies, then you've got to try something new. That would be my view. Uh, it, it's to win trophies or at least improve. And and we have not we have not improved in in to bring the fans joy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I don't have any. I don't think and, we have a lot of joy in. Our and I'm only the I'm only going to say one nice thing because I, I said this at the start of the season I I have one or two friends at Sports Burrs and I said listen I think that going and playing at Wembley every week is going to be enti- incredibly hard for you but I say if you somehow or another stick it in there and manage to do it like to go to a place and play that's not your home for an entire season uh, far from your home and and in a place like Wembley which is kind of a cold place anyway um, I mean I, I think that they're doing well beyond what they should be doing. Can I tell you, so. uh, this, is a, this is an interesting fact that you don't know about me. I don't have a single friend who supports Tottenham. Really? I just don't like people who support Tottenham. <laughs> I just honestly, I don't have like, oh, my mate, he's a Tottenham fan. And like, you know. You can pick, I can pick a Spurs person out in a bar. I can. Like, I bet that guy supports Spurs. I can, I can smell them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't like them. I've just never met, I've just never liked anyone I've ever met who's a Spurs fan. <laughs> that is a, that, all my friends nice. that are Spurs fans. I feel like come from music, and that's that's where our, that's where our bond is. And then we're just like, oh wait, oh there's that a vulgar, so. a vulgar set of people. Horrible, horrible. They're, they're um, Neanderthals. So just before we end the show, a lot of talk about uh, Puma, 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 Puma moving on at uh, the end of uh, next summer. So Arsenal fans. Uh, r- speculating about uh, the the next shirt deal maker perhaps being uh, Adidas because not only are Puma leaving uh, Puma it's Puma because I'm I'm British Uh, not only are they moving on they've given us a mint green kit next season which is disgusting it's an absolute travesty of a kit so people are mocking up like the bruised banana kit you two are wearing uh, red shirts today Curtis you've got a beautiful Umbro number on here do you want to tell us uh, what year that's from so we kept going back and forth. So the, the centenary was definitely 1986, so this was 1985. 1985. The yeah. shirt is uh, one year younger than me. Um, no, I mean, I'm 33. That's not, I'm not 34 yet. Um, uh, Matt, where, where's your uh, it's shirt It's just modelled on the old uh, 71 shirt. And I, and I seriously, I was waking up this morning and I was like, every time I wear a fucking Arsenal shirt for a game, it means I'm really excited about the game and typically we lose. And I really thought about not wearing it. Um, I mean, wearing something else, not not wearing a shirt today. That would have been good if you just rocked <laughs> up with no shirt on. Right? Yeah, I've got, I've got, come skins. This is what adults have to do now. Like once you get over thirty, you can't wear the modern skin tight kits. So it's like they push you out. So people are like, oh, you're being a hipster wearing a vintage kit, and it's like, no, because it's just basically a t-shirt yeah. that disguises just, that I don't go to the gym anymore. Yeah. Feels really good. You look good in that, though. You look in shape. Thanks, thanks. So it was, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a bad sign that. Yeah, um, yeah. We shouldn't have, shouldn't have worn these today. But a but true story, though. I, I've worn this. I've worn this almost every time that we've beat Spurs. Oh. And Which so I've always, I've always had one of those like weird superstitions. I will wear, uh, like, but this is the first time I've not worn a certain pair of socks because I had to bend them this this season. And um, so I have these like really stupid things that like I will wear the same pair of socks and I will wear the same top. 
But well, that one goes broken. in the bin. Yeah. After well, it's not going in the bin. I, mean, I had a uh, I had a shirt that so fucking stupid. It was a long time ago, maybe over a decade ago, and I got this. This cost me about a hundred pounds to put this number on. I put history, vision, and tradition since, and then eighteen eighty six. So I'd put all up, that on a shirt. I put all that on the shirt. Fucking hell. It's fucking stupid. <laughs> and I just had to. I had to relegate the shirt because. We lost every single game. I wore it. <laughs> that's so depressing. And you just look like that cunt and I look, every week. And I like, look like that's that, that guy. And then have you noticed that there's, so there's this current trend of uh, the masking tape over the name on the back? Yeah. yeah. There's a guy in the bar today doing that. Yeah. yeah. I like found He that. took it off towards the end, though. Yeah. Yeah. It's, he left it with Alexis on the back of his shirt. Yeah. I sort of, that, I, that annoys me a bit as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just get rid of it. Yeah. Just or just, it, or just put it in a bin put it of in like, the bin. yeah, yeah. Just by the bin, I don't mean like I, I have, I still have loads of shirts from players that have left that just yeah. sit in a massive cupboard. Yeah. yeah. Okay, boys. The that that caps off a slightly depressing afternoon. If you logged into the Facebook Live, thank you very much. If you are coming in through iTunes, please give us a five star rating and a nice write up. Uh, that would be amazing. Tell us our, what you think about our hair. Yeah, that would also be amazing. Uh, and yeah, make sure you subscribe. We're going to be back next, not after the Austrians game. Probably we'll do like a... Maybe the second leg, a preview for the uh, League Cup final. Yeah, we'll do a preview for the League Cup final. Potentially. And, potentially. Yeah, and then we'll think about whether we do one on the day of the League Cup final because we're probably going to get probably going to get into a bad state so on that note well, I, I hope we do do the pod though we're going to do the pod but I just think we have to work out how drunk we get because yeah. our Facebook living after 15 pints is going to be embarrassing um, I'm, I'm, I'll hopefully if we do do it yeah I'll be phoning in from oh you'll be phoning in yeah Curtis is going he's got a yeah. ticket I've it's, got a ticket but I'm not it's paying a different, it's a back. different type of phone in from the ones that Jermaine Pennant's been doing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah search six, the six. sun for Jermaine Pennant's latest business furniture I like that my shoulder looks shiny it does look nice and shiny it's like the light is shining on it yeah. right so uh, yeah thank you to Gotham Studios for having us and coming in at the weekend really appreciate it and we'll see you next week so thank you Curtis thank you Pete. thank you Matt thank you thank you Matt cheerio thank you Curtis Peacock Streaming, the biggest live events from Super Bowl 56 to complete coverage of the Winter Olympics. It's all the unbelievable sports to love. Sign up now at PeacockTV.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.